Welcome to Behind the Screens. I'm Ryan Preventure from Movio. I'm Simon Burton from Numero. And I'm Matthew Lieben from Vista Group. Boys, have you got your Taylor Swift tickets yet? Well, duh. No, not yet, but it's just like every other American has already. Look, um, it, it's a remarkable result. What are we hearing? Um, $37 million in the first 24 hours of pre-sales from just the big three on its way to a $70 million opening when it, when it debuts on October 13 for a, I'm hearing, four-week run. And with Taylor Swift not due to tour in the US for 12 months, this is going to be the way the Swifties get their fix. Um, boys, I was thinking, you know, last week that the fall was looking a little somber. I'm, I'm ready to shake that off. I think this could change the season. The good thing, it wasn't a cruel summer. So that's that's the important thing. So. Oh, you can go deeper than I am. I used my one reference. Simon, you got a Taylor Swift reference just to, to round it out? No. The last time I sort of paid any attention to Taylor Swift, she was with John Mayer. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm not so much on the personal life. I go the music, but but if you want to read People magazine, you know, that's that's you. You do that. Mm. Okay, I will. Um, do we think this is going to be a first or do we think that Taylor Swift is such a, a unique uh, artist that, that this is a one-off that we'll enjoy maybe until she does it again? I think there's a good chance if this is as successful as it seems it's going to be that others are going to want to try something like it. It's not like we haven't seen concert films before, but this is something of this scale has has we have I don't think we've ever seen. So whether whether there's someone as big as Taylor Swift that does something soon, we'll see. I'm not sure. I think one of the most remarkable things is that um, Hollywood uh, studio films are shifting, and we've seen The Exorcist Believer go one week early. Jason Blum and Universal gave up Friday the 13th for Exorcist because Taylor Swift jumped on that day, um, which is quite remarkable to me. So I, I think the only one downside, I mean, look, this she's an artist who's produced this by herself. The, the talk is it's 10, uh, somewhere between 10 and $20 million concert film, self-funded, doesn't need any marketing support, has gone through AMC to distribute it. Probably the only mistake is that the posters say featuring the star of Cats. And that might not be a bad, that, that could help some people come see it. Who knows? That's true. That's true. Hey, look, the other big thing of the week is um, after the US had their cinema day, the UK rolled theirs out. They pulled in 1.56 million admissions in the UK. That was a 6% increase on last year. And Nigeria celebrated their first national cinema day, being a very strong domestic uh, production industry. That went last Saturday across 100 screens in 50 theatres in their country. So I think Jackie Brenneman and the crew have started a, an international movement. It'll be interesting to see how it continues to go uh, through the course of this year and, and into round three next year. But why don't we turn our attention to the box office and um, the number one film of the weekend, The Equalizer 3. Uh, Simon, you want to give us the numbers? Sure do, Matt. Equalizer 3 opening on the domestic market, uh, obviously a four-day weekend observing Labor Day on Monday the 4th of September here, but the three-day result for Equalizer 3, $34.6 million. The four-day, $42.5 million. That's the second largest Labor Day opening weekend of all time behind Shang-Chi, quite a way behind Shang-Chi, which took $94.6 million over its four-day weekend. Uh, extremely consistent over the previous two films. Uh, Equalizer Part 1 opened to $34 million, Part 2 to $36 million. And this one, 34.6. Both of those previous films just ticked over the $100 million mark. So we'll see where Equalizer 3 finishes up its domestic cube. Internationally, Equalizer 3 took another $26.1 million from 49 markets for an opening weekend number of $68.1 million. 
And Ryan, who um, who showed up other than it sounds like Simon, you saw it, I saw it. Who else saw it? Or, or are we the representative demographic? Yeah, when we looked at the comparable films, we had the second Equalizer movie, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, Retribution, John Wick Chapter 4, Creed 3, The Meg 2, The Woman King, and Bad Boys for Life. Uh, because we wanted to pick a movie that was a little bit closer uh, in release, we decided to go with John Wick Chapter 4, uh, which had a pretty good pretty good connected audience. But we did see some differences from this part of the year uh, compared to when John Wick 4 came out. And the infrequence for the Equalizer 3 were 25% compared to 42% for John Wick Chapter 4. Occasionals for Equalizer 3 were at 32% compared to 36, so pretty close there. But the frequent moviegoers were quite a bit higher for Equalizer 3 at 36% compared to 20% for John Wick. And the very frequents were coming out as well at 7% compared to 2% for John Wick Chapter 4. So we saw some people that were, uh, you know, we, we did bring some people back from those infrequents, but certainly it was the people that have been coming back a little bit more. The 18 to 24 was 6% compared to 11%. The 25 to 34 was 13 to 21% for John Wick. 35 to 44 was 18 for Equalizer 3 compared to 20% for John Wick. But then we start to see a little bit better numbers for Equalizer, 22% compared to 18 for the 45 to 54. And then 55 to 64 was 20% compared to 12. What's interesting is the audience seems to have aged a little bit with Denzel because the 65 and older crowd was 17% compared to 8% for John Wick. So the, 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 the little bit older crowd seemed to really enjoy this and came out, which is always a good sign for a film like this. Yeah, I mean, as we've said before, this is a remarkably consistent franchise. All three installments opened within a hair's breadth of each other. Um, and, you know, in terms of the audience reception, we're seeing 94% amongst Rotten Tomato audiences an A cinema score. I think one of the things that I noticed, though, is that, um, you know, the third part of a, a trilogy, if you've not seen the earlier ones, uh, people might not think that they can jump into this. I wonder, Ryan, if there's opportunities for exhibitors to point out this is a very self-contained story. Uh, it's in an altogether different country than the other two. You don't need to to have seen the other two. Or if you have seen them like I have, you can completely forget them like I did uh, and, and enjoy this one on its own merits. I think that absolutely works. Uh, just allowing people to go go have a fun time with it. If you're a Denzel fan, go see it. If you're a fan of this franchise, go see it. But that's not necessary. I think that's great, Matthew. Yeah. The other new release at the domestic box office this past weekend or a widening of release was for the film Bottoms, uh, grossing $3 million for the three-day and $3.7 million for the four-day. I actually wasn't familiar with this film, so I did have to look up the synopsis. Uh, it was quite an interesting read. Two unpopular queer high school students start a fight club to have sex before graduation. Sounds like a hoot. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And the audience I saw it with really liked it. So they were the new releases this past weekend, taking a look at other films in the market. At the domestic box office, Barbie was in second place, taking another $10.2 million, now over $600 million cumed domestically. Blue Beetle in third position, taking another $7 million. Gran Turismo in fourth position, dropping 62% from its opening weekend. Uh, so I guess that uh, shines a light on the, the number of previews which were in that, that opening weekend. Uh, and then Oppenheimer rounding out the top five with another $5.7 million, only a drop of 31%, now having a running cum of $309 million in the domestic market. 
looking at some of the international results, uh, Barbie has now officially overtaken Mario Super Mario Brothers as the top grossing film internationally this year. Uh, another stat which I saw over the weekend for Barbie, it is now Warner Brothers' top grossing film in 37 international markets, so a, a huge result there for Barbie. Uh, if we look at Oppenheimer, released in China this past weekend, taking $30.2 million over its five-day debut there, a whopping $9.3 million from IMAX in China. And Oppenheimer is now Christopher Nolan's biggest ever movie in 59 international markets. That's amazing coming from the guy who filmed two of the best Batman films of all time. And his number one film is the black and white three-hour biopic of a guy who invented the bomb. Remarkable, remarkable outcome. And now that we've just uh, crossed Labor Day up in the States, which is the, the official end of the summer box office season, I thought we might just take a couple of minutes to round up how it went. Um, it went pretty bloody well. Uh, 2023 summer box office is estimated to have crossed $4 billion to get $4.034 billion, up 19% on 2022. But what I found even more heartening is it was down just 4% on the average of 2017 to 2019 domestic summers. And as has been the case since COVID, did so on far fewer releases. There were 203 releases over the domestic summer, uh, wide, small, any size in, in between. Uh, 202 last year. So on a like-for-like -like basis, that was that 19% uptick in box office. Uh, but the average of 2017 to 19 was 399 total releases. So that, that box office that was only 4% down on that average 17, 19 year was done on almost half as many films. And of course, Barbie, as we talked about, was the number one film of the summer. It's pulled in 612 million counting. It was uh, about 100 million behind what Top Gun did uh, over its lifetime. Top Gun Maverick pulled in 700 mil, uh, 701 million. Uh, and what we found when you looked at the, the top films over that 17 to 19 period, the top title over those three years was in 2018. It was Incredibles 2. It sat at 603 mil. So a lot of this shows the average strength per release in 2023. The average release this year pulled in just shy of $20 million at 19.9 mil. That compares to 16.8 mil in 2022. So quite a lot stronger on a title by title basis. And I guess in, in no surprise to, to those of us who follow maths a bit, um, in the average of 17 to 19, the average title pulled in just $10.5 million. So this, this summer just gone, the, the average title pulled in almost twice as much as the average title did between 2017 and 19. And I think, gents, one of the other things that jumps out to me is this has been a summer of originals. Barbie, Oppenheimer and Sound of Freedom accounted for more than 27% of total box office. And that's not to say the franchises didn't show up. Across the Spider-Verse came in second overall at 381 mil. Guardians uh, came in third at 359 mil. And Little Mermaid, which I guess in some ways was, was seen to be a bit disappointing when it debuted, is a fraction under 300 mil itself at 298. But we would expect uh, the franchises to rule summer. And who would have thought, you know, sitting here at the end of summer, that we would have said Indiana Jones finished the season seventh, Mission Impossible eighth, Transformers ninth, uh, the, the latest Pixar film, Elemental, finished tenth, albeit much, much better than we thought it might have been when it first hit. But all of those titles from Indy down are already ruled out of the year's top ten. 
uh, it's it's been a, a, a remarkable summer in terms of what succeeded and and what didn't fire quite as well as we might have hoped. Your analysis of the summer, that's what's remarkable, Matthew. That was a great run through. Hats off. Thank you, Simon. <laughs> wait till you see what I got planned for the fall. Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait. That will be must listen podcast. They all are, Simon. They all are. Mm. Mm. Ryan, what's happening next week? We've got another scary film coming out with The Nun 2. And honestly, the pre-sale tickets are ahead right now of Megan and Insidious The Red Door. And so it's looking to have a quite a strong weekend. To have a, another movie gross over $30 million for a three-day weekend would be fantastic. So looking at some really good numbers there. And then for maybe a slightly different audience, we have My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 coming out in theaters. So, gents, that, that winds up the summer for you guys, but it's getting warmer down in this part of the world. I get to bring out the 50-plus for, for our summer season. Um, looking forward to seeing how fall's going to go. I think it's going to be a little stronger than we might have guessed a week ago, uh, thanks to Taylor Swift. Uh, but until next week, Simon, Ryan, have a good one. Thank you, everyone else. We'll see you next week behind the screens. Movio and Numero are two of the businesses within the Vista Group, the world-leading provider of technology solutions to the global film industry. For more moviegoer insights, be sure to visit movio.co and follow Movio, Numero, and Vista Group on Twitter and LinkedIn. The Behind the Screens podcast is produced by Grace Furness and edited by Patrick Hanna.